Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Let's look at Richmond early in the week, but let's do it. Let's go full picks. Full picks early in the week without practice, without qualifying data. We've only had a couple races in this package this season, but let's lean on last season's two Richmond races. Look at that data. I watched the races. You can watch the races again on YouTube, or you can just go through my notes to get a better idea. You can also go to the spreadsheet, look at the lap-by-lap data for all of the Richmond races. That will help I me. Mean, it's in the spreadsheet, so you can see specifically where people are. How many laps in the five? How many laps inside the top 10? How many laps inside the top 15, top 20? What was their real rating? It'll give you really comprehensive understanding of what happened at the race. So you don't have to watch it again, or you can read the notes. How do I get all this stuff? Where, where do I get all this information to help me build this lineup? You go to raceforthprize.com. That's raceforthprize.com. Follow me on Twitter. I'm Pierce Dietrich at Race for the Prize. And you click on the red button. That takes you to the Patreon that we set up, patreon.com slash DFS, and you can donate, contribute. Say, hey, I appreciate the content. And if you do that, we give you everything. Now, don't do it at the end of March. Here is your warning. This is the warning. Don't do it on March 28th or 29th or 30th or 31st. Wait, this guy's telling us not to pay. That's right. I'm telling you not to pay right now because if you do pay right now, I guess we should talk to this guy and then this guy talks to this guy. If you're listening to the audio version on Spotify or Amazon, none of this makes any sense. But if you pay now, you're going to get billed again on April 1st. So, hey, you know what? Cool. Thank you. You paid twice. We appreciate it. We'll put the money to good use. But if I were you, I'd wait till April 1st and then sign up at raceforthprize.com. Click on the red button or patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS and you can get all this data. All right. Get to the picks already, stupid. I'm, I'm getting there. So watch the races again. Who do I like? Let's sort it based on their finish in the second Richmond race. What do you say? Is that fine? And we'll go through and just talk through, guys. Martin Trex Jr., love it. Well, what about this season? We're not talking about this season really right now. And if you did want to look at a specific race this season, of course, you would probably look at Phoenix, although I would discourage you from doing so. I'm going to lean more on Richmond from last year at the moment. I'm also going to look at practice and then calculate that with it and do a lot of different things. It's early in the week, people. I'm looking at Richmond mainly here. He wrecked at Phoenix, so you can't use that anyway. And he was amazing at Richmond last year. He was great. Does he, does he have the finishes to show? Yeah, he won the fall race, and he had a really good chance of winning the spring race. All And he only finished fifth. Um, even though Denny Hamlin controls both of these races, Richmond, uh, remember, no resident Richmond now, too. Oh, man, that stuff just popped off my screen. Mm, that's frustrating. Got way too much data feeds going in and out and zigging and zagging. We'll worry about that later. Um, I can fix that, but I'm not going to deal with it right now. So, yes, I like Martin Trick Jr. a lot this week. Um, some of the specific things that you're going to want to know that explain, remember, don't be a spreadsheet warrior. You got to watch these races. You really do. Or you can at least just lean on me for support. Context, context, context. You have to make sense of these data points. Uh, first Richmond race, or, uh, we'll start with the fall race. Um, he doesn't lead the most laps. He doesn't put a hang- hammering. But there's a specific reason. Maybe you remember the fall playoff race at Richmond. It's because he jumps the start. Oh, he spun his tires. He spun his tires. Does it matter if Denny Hamlin spun his tires on the very beginning of the race? If it's a restart, sure, you can make that case. But in the first lap of the race, the leader has to take the white flag or the green flag. The leader has to do that. 
If you beat the leader at the beginning of the race, doesn't matter if he spun his tires. You have to go do a penalty, and Trix did. But Truex, because he was so fast, was able to stay on the lead lap. I wonder, uh, I guess I could probably look at the data. I'm not sure it's going to be 100% accurate. Uh, I would have to look closer at my data. But you know, the question that pops in your head a lot of times you might do this like, hey, well, He's going to be in clean air, technically. He's in last place, but he's also in clean air just like the leader. He's just as fast as the leader because he was on the pole. Uh, does that mean maybe possibly he was scoring some fast laps? Let's look and see. We always wonder that. like When a guy has to do the pass through, he's barely on the lead lap, but technically they're in a little bit cleaner air, although they do catch traffic a little bit sooner. Uh, let's see. Oh, I don't have the data in here. Ah, rats. Oh, well. Uh, sometimes I put it in. I think I put it in here for the because you can see it here in the – Spring race, I put the data into the spreadsheet. Okay, so I like Truex a lot. He was really good. So that explains why it took him fall race because he had to do that pass-through penalty. Eventually worked his way to the front, and he's awesome at the end. But also Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin doesn't have the car at the end. And then Denny Hamlin also throws his team under the bus and blames them all. The pit crew's slow. Yeah, maybe the pit crew's a little bit slow. But the bigger picture was your car just didn't have it in stage three. Truex did. And Truex probably had it the entire race. He just had to work his way back through the field. Uh, in the spring race, he's right there with Denny Hamlin. But he has to, again, he has to pit under green for an unscheduled pit stop. Hangs on to the lead lap. Still has a pretty good day. Uh, Denny Hamlin gets all the points. Leads all the laps, but finishes second in both races. So he's right there. He's definitely going to, I mean, he was a favorite of mine going into that spring race. He's a favorite of mine going into the fall race, and he did not disappoint. He crushed in both races. He didn't get the win. Uh, you know, and he lost two different ways. Uh, the, the, the spring race, he loses just because Alex Bowman backdoors a win, backs into a win. Well, Alex Bowman didn't necessarily. Now, you can make an argument that Alex Bowman backs into the win in the spring race based, like, you couldn't. This is always a thing, right? Is Alex Bowman really winning these races? Did Alex Bowman... There, Look, there's arguments to be had on both sides. For the most part, no, it's not true. He's not you know, backing into wins. Did Alex Bowman have an amazing restart at the end of the race and bully the lead away from Hamlin and take the win? Absolutely. Did he win several races last year at the end of the race? Absolutely. But he did not just magically appear at the end of the race. He didn't just, poof, here I am in the top five. That didn't happen. And, and obviously Kyle Busch is not going to go through the lap-by-lap data and say, well, where was Alex Bowman running in the Richmond Fall Race? Uh, but you look at the data and you say, okay, maybe the guy didn't back into the race. You look at the – actually, you want to look at the spring race. And we will sort it by at the end here with the winning position, which is Alex Bowman is the winner. He just straight up bullies the weed, weed away. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he does drugs. Adderall, maybe. Oh, my God. I can't believe he said that. Okay. Alex Bowman starts the 24th in 17th by the competition caution. Boy, that looks kind of strong. Uh, we run out the end of stage one. He drives from 15th to 7th place. Boy, I don't know. Hmm. Does that look like backing into a win within stage one? He's driven from 24th to 7th place. At a track. It's not really easy to pass. Um, not doesn't have the resin up top. That's pretty much just him out racing people. But, you know, big surprise, Hendrick Motorsports and the high horsepower low down force cars last year were pretty good. And he was one of them, winning at Dover, winning at Richmond, winning at Martinsville. And here he is again, y'all, but he's backing into these wins. 
Well, look, he may not. This one was a clean win at the end, too. This isn't like the Martinsville win where he pretty much dumps Denny Allen. Outdoorsy, I can't remember which way it was. So, stage two, there he is, drives from sixth. There he is, running in fourth the entire stage. Here he is again, running inside the top ten. I know it's going fast in your screen. But if we just look at the data and see, look, he only ran 22% of the laps inside the top five, which is a bit disappointing. But he was right on the other side of the top five, 44% inside the top ten. Almost the whole race in the top five. Average running position was 8.3. I think that's the fourth best. So the best average running position was Denny Hamlin at 1.7. Second best was Joey Logano. We'll get to him in a second at 2.9. Truex at 4.0. Again, that drops a little bit because of the issue he has in stage three. And then you've got, I guess, Byron's right there. Hendrick Motorsports car. Alex Bowman's right there. He had back into the win, folks. Um, now, if you want to make the argument of, oh, he did back into the win because he wasn't very good in this fall race. Yeah, he wasn't as good in the fall race. He really wasn't. But he got back and was like a top 10 car, I think, by the end of the day. Uh, no, not even 12th. So that's a, a decent argument. I'll listen to that. If you want to say he got lucky in the spring because he ran so poorly in the fall, it happens. He did not run very well. He didn't have the setup correctly. I don't think anyone for Hendrick ran well in the fall race, whereas in the spring they're actually halfway decent. We know Larson always struggles at this track. What I'm pointing to doesn't mean why he struggles. We'll get to Larson in a second. All right, so so far we've gone through a couple picks here. Uh, remember, raceforthprize.com, patreon.com, slash DFS. Please sign up. Please support. Don't do it at the end of March unless you want to do it for twice, which, hey, do it twice. Why not? Twice is nice. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. But you've been warned. Don't say, I want my money back because I'm not going to give me your money back. I'm going to keep your money. I'm going to spend on something stupid if you do that. <laughs> I will intentionally spend your money on something stupid if you uh, make a mistake there. Sorry. That's just how it's going to be. Christopher Bell finishes third. Christopher Bell did an unconventional strategy in, not necessarily unconventional, not really crazy. He pit a little bit longer, ran a little bit longer. They seem to think that it was helping him. I don't know. Going through the laps and watching the race over, on the broadcast, they kept saying, oh, yeah, he's running a little bit longer. By running a little bit longer, he's just faster on the tail end, and it's helping. I'm watching. I don't really see it. I guess we could pull it up here and see cycling. Yeah, I mean, we absolutely can. But watching it live and watching them talk about, you know, some people were short pitting, trying to undercut and get out. The undercut usually seems like it works the best. If you get down pit road first, then you get to have one lap faster tires. And, yeah, it's going to hurt you on the back end. But typically we don't really see that. On the back end, things are just going to even out. It's hard to pass. Uh, It's better to get that gain, that spot on pit road. I don't know. If you're asking me, I would rather undercut than try to run the overcut. And they seem to think that it was working for Bell. I think Bell was doing what Bell was doing regardless. But we can look at one of these pit cycles. He does it in stage two. He does it again in stage three. So here you can see on the screen Christopher Bell running long. The leaders pit on lap 131. Christopher Bell, who was running in 14th, pits on lap 137. So let's see how it cycles out when all things come together. And... I mean, I guess it looks like he filters out a little bit here to ninth place. I don't know, though, if that really helped him that much. He cycled back into 19th place, gets kind of reset here, I guess. Maybe it worked. I don't know. So, again, you see here on lap. I mean, I guess I guess it worked. Or maybe he just had a really good long-run car. But then, again, if you have a really good long-run car, then, of course, you would want to run – a little bit longer. Now you also need the race to go completely green, which it basically did. So here it is the next pit cycling. He is up to ninth place. 
so he gained five spots maybe using the strategy. And he runs longer again by about five laps. Let's see, does it work again? And we get to the end of the stage. He's in sixth place. So maybe it worked. Larson also implemented this strategy. Larson just didn't have it. Larson was really good at the beginning of this race. But if there's any track where Larson really has struggled mightily, it's been here. If you go to the notes, you'll see that in the first race, he has an extended pit stop because they add a packer. Um, if you got the setup right, if your driver's comfortable, you don't have a 17-second pit stop adding a packer. Something's not right. Something's amiss. Now, he will benefit this time from having a short practice. Wow, that's great. It's really going to help him that much. Is it really going to help him that much? Probably not, but maybe anything's better. He needs more laps. He needs more reps. At uh, I don't know what other track he has struggled at more. Everything. I mean, I know a week he used to be able to stay up for Martinsville, and he kind of got at Martinsville. I guess it's only a matter of time before he gets better at Richmond, and I would love to see him run the Xfinity race. If I was him, like, I'd just get some more laps. He's not going to do it, but that would be really interesting. If, for whatever reason, Larson shows up on that Xfinity entry list, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm just going to tell you now, I will lose my mind. But he needs more reps here. This is a track where he can do run better. but And he did run well, Larson, in the spring race. It would be pull it up. I mean, he is just flying through the field. He has to start in the back because of an adjustment that they make. There it was. It was already on that, right? So he starts 35th. Obviously, he's going to fly by those guys. But what's really impressive is at the tail end, he's still making moves. Laps 56 through 81 at the end of stage two. So the last 25 laps of stage one, he's driving from 10th all the way up to fourth place. He's passing really good cars. But that's where he stalled out. So you think at that point, like, hey, he's got a really fast car. Look out for Larson. He has finally figured this track out. Watch out. And then he just doesn't really go anywhere. He has a bad restart here at the beginning of state. I think it was right here. No, I think he has a bad restart somewhere else. It wasn't really a good restart. And look, he just drops back. Doesn't have it. Now, he copies the same strategy as Christopher Bell runs a little bit longer. And he's got a top five car, but nothing for Truex, nothing for Hamlin, and nothing for Logano. This might be one of the few weeks where I'm not going to be aggressive and all about Kyle Larson because this is one specific track where he has not quite figured it out for whatever reason. It doesn't mean that, I mean, this could be, this could be finally the week, right? Like Phoenix, he finally, it started clicking for him at Phoenix with the help of a pit crew. That's the other thing. Remember, while we've been looking at this data, pit crew, pit crew, pit crew, remember, it's been a while, right? We had... Coda, we had Atlanta, and we really needed to hit reset. Remember, what were we talking about uh, during Phoenix and after Phoenix? What was the narrative? What was the storyline? What were the big data points? Was it really practice speed? It was pit road speed. Remember that? I know that was two weeks ago, and I know we've added F1 since then, and there's so much going on in the world, but just put it all aside, shake you. Remember. It's pit, it's pits, dummy. It's pits, dummy. Wait, didn't we have a dirt track narrative? Yeah, we kind of did have a dirt track narrative, but we have more of a, the guys that are running really well are killing it on pit road narrative. Not narrative. That's just pure data. Okay, give me some more picks. So, so far, I like Truex a lot. I like Logano a lot. I also, you didn't even say anything about Logano. Yeah, well, Logano, I like Logano. Logano had more short run speed in spring race. Logano was then there again in the fall race, right, running right with him. So, love Truex, love Hamlin. Um, I think Bell is going to be fine. Three time, three time, one, two, three, three time Xfinity winner in the at Richmond. Christopher Bell loves Richmond. Look.
I know my Christopher Bell stats. I got a Christopher Bell dust jacket. I think it's got like that little Oklahoma on here right there. Huh? C Bell, dirt tracking it. Tulsa shootout. Chili Bowl national champion. He's good. I, I like that. I like that guy. Uh, Joe Logano. Uh, had the short run speed. Was very strong in the spring race. Remember, I mean, for the last couple of years, at these short tracks, at the high horsepower tracks, the Pinsky cars have been solid. High horsepower, high downforce, they were great. High horsepower, low downforce, they were great. Logano is really good. He's right up there with Truex at all. And so I just want to look at Logano's laps. I believe, if I had to guess, he's probably ran the third most lap. He might run the second most laps inside the top five because, remember, Truex... Had to cycle all the way to the back. Let's look it up. So, let's just look here. Joe Logano, 59% of the race inside the top five. There it is. The, the most laps inside the top five was Denny Hamlin with 69% in the fall Richmond race. 59% go to Joey Logano. Uh, Chase Elliott led 58 laps in the fall race. But Chase Elliott, uh, Pitts, Ross Chastain kind of bumps him. It's unintentional, whatever, you know, tight pit road, you know, don't look. There's plenty of reasons to not like Ross Chastain, although those are disappearing by the moment. And, you know, there's, but, but then again, there's times like, oh, I kind of like Ross Chastain. And then it does something like, I hate that guy. Okay, you know, I kind of appreciate his aggressive nature. And then oh, I hate that guy. I don't know. Um, that close at Coda. And then it's not his fault. Nice guy landing castle. Hey, nice guy landing castle. Takes him out. So maybe I like Ross again. But anyway, Ross bumps him and Chase Elliott backs while it's on the jack, messes up the car. Now he eventually gets back on the lead lap, but he went from possible race winner, went from uh, leading a bunch of laps to, you know, it happens. So he looked good in that race again, which is crazy because I don't think most of Hendrick looked good in that race. Whereas in the first race, Hendrick, William Byron's been up and down at Richmond. And you can read through previous notes and what the driver said. And he just never really clicked for him. Alex Bowman was awesome in the spring, not so much in the fall. Kyle Larson, we just we've explained the situation. Elliot has been good here in the past a little bit. I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, he has been that great. Anyway, he's definitely going to be fine. But Logano, there it is. 59% of the laps inside the top five. Pretty strong race. For Logano, he is another top guy that, if we're looking for a hog, what's a hog? Guy's going to lead laps and run fast laps. That's who that to be. Uh, Kyle Larson finished sixth. We'll see how practice goes. Ross Chastain finished seventh. Really good in the high horsepower, low downforce races last season. Looking good this season. Pitt Crew's been awesome as well. I don't know. We've got the Ross Chastain baggage, and it's it's really not good DFS-wise to let that hang with us. We've got to do our best to hit reset on that as well. You know, he's done some silly things in the Truck Series, in the Xfinity Series. He's been aggressive. He's blown some lineups up. Uh, he's not the JD Motorsports guy anymore. We're best to just say reset who is Ross Chastain? What is this Trackhouse team? Well, the Trackhouse team looks like CGR, but a little bit better. Almost like CGR back when CGR was CGR. You know what I'm saying? 
Or maybe he's almost like, remember when CGR had Kyle Larson and they would win a race or two a season? Maybe that's what Trackhouse is. Maybe it's that Chip Ganassi with Jamie McMurray who was just kind of out there, but was just good enough that if the driver does everything right and the pit crew is running well and the cautions fall at the right times, then he can get a win. Maybe that's who Ross Chastain is. Maybe that's the best visual moving forward. Maybe that's being too kind to Ross Chastain, to put him on Kyle Larson's level. But he's looked good this season. And they looked really good last season in the high horsepower, low downforce races. And Chastain was there the entire time, mixing it up, doing his thing. I would expect him to go out there and do his thing again. Uh, Kevin Harvick, flat tire, runs into the wall in the spring race. Fall race, just kind of out there. That was kind of Kevin Harvick's season. He was just kind of out there. I'm not excited about rostering Kevin Harvick anytime soon. Isn't that that crazy? Give me all the Ross Chastain. You can keep your Kevin Harvick. What is going on? But we've been through this before. We have been through this before. Give me all the Ross Chastain. Get that Kevin Harvick out of my face. Why? We haven't been through this before. Yes, we have. Remember the decline of Tony Stewart? Remember the decline of... Jeff Gordon, remember the decline of, I mean, I can't even believe I'm, I'm a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan. But he doesn't belong in this category that I'm about to put him in. Remember the decline of Dale Earnhardt Jr.? Remember the decline of Jimmy Johnson? They all go through this cycle. Father Time is undefeated. Kevin Harvick is finding out. Probably should have retired. Probably should have taken that Fox broadcasting job. Instead, we get Danica Patrick one week and we get Matt Kenseth one week and then Tony Stewart comes back in, which Tony Stewart's been pretty good. But that's probably supposed to be Kevin Harvick's job, but he didn't really want to take it. I would bet solid money that Kevin Harvick will be in there next season along with, who cares? Who cares about broadcasting? Either way, not going so good for Kevin Harvick. Kyle Busch, ninth. Kyle Busch is in contention in the fall race to win. He's up there mixing it up with Truex and with Hamlin. He gets a speeding on pit road. I believe, if I'm correct, he was going to cycle to the lead at the end, ahead of Truex under the last green flag pit cycles at Richmond, but they nail him. They nail him with a pit penalty. Speeding on pit road. Let's see. There he is. He was leading. Kyle Busch was leading the race. He had already cycled to the lead. I think he might have just driven to No, he cycled the lead right here. So we had. Here we go. So Turex has the lead on lap 295. Hamlin's in second. Kyle Bush is in third. We do the pit cycling. Everything shapes out. Kyle Bush hits pit road one lap sooner. So remember what I was saying? The undercut, the undercut. Because all the crew chiefs watch this podcast. I'm like, all right, what, what did Pierce say? What did that race surprise say? I got to plan out my Richmond strategy. Well, Okay, crew chief, <laughs> he's pits on lap 295, one lap ahead. So he does the undercut, and he cycles to the lead. Pretty impressive stuff, right? Like, wait, well, don't. So if you can't see it, right? So he doesn't go to three to magically to one because other people are pitting, right? Christopher Bell runs long. But once Christopher Bell pits and Ross Chastain, so Chastain runs long too. So once they pit, who cycles to the lead? Kyle Busch because of the undercut. And then so he leads from 306 to 343 and then gets pulled over for speeding and he loses the lead and the lead goes back to Martin Truex Jr. So Vinny Hamlin could complain all he wants about my pit 
my pit crew's killing me today. Uh, look, you're not even like it's Bush and it's Truex, and then you're Mister Three right now. You had a great stage one, you had a great stage two, but Steve Letarte would say, "Well, they don't pay for stage one and stage two; they pay for wins." Well, actually, Steve Letarte would say, "We pay points stage one and stage two. Who cares about that?" Anyways, I like Kyle Bush. You like everybody? Well, yeah, I do. I do. I like them all. It's, I mean, if I'm trying to pick a hog, those are the guys that are look. They ran well here last year. Well. Gotta pick a data point. That's what we're doing for this podcast. If you don't like it, uh, like and subscribe, share. Okay, uh, Ryan Blaney has always struggled with this track. Not interested. Austin Dillon, the, he said like, "Hey, we did a tire test here in 2017, and ever since then, me and Justin Alexander, we've loved this place." That's what he says in 2020 during the COVID race when they finished fourth, and then since then they've just been okay. That also was right around the time where we were finding out about the ECR engine Hendrick Alliance, where they were really kicking it in at the end of 2020. And they had that strong performance. And then last year, he was just okay. But, you know, 10th and 11th from Austin Dillon's not bad. He's not going to lead laps. Brad Kozlowski, amazing here in 2020. Last year, you could just see the fall off in his performance. There's a reason why he is at RFK. They tried some really unconventional strategies. They tried to do the one stop at Richmond, which used to be the case. You, then all of a sudden they turned it into the two stop at Richmond. You used to just do one stage stops. And then a couple started doing two stops. And now the norm is to do the two stops split instead of the one stop. He tried to go back to the one stop split, ends up going a lap down. So no good there. And then by the time the fall rolled around, Kozlowski was already kind of dead in the water and toast. Eric Almirola used to be really good at this track. So let's see. I mean, he had good results even back at uh, Richard Petty Motorsports. I believe if you go back even further, I don't have it in the data. Actually, I probably... Ah, Whatever. Do I have it in here? Okay, that's not what I wanted to see. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Even at RPM, he had a couple solid finishes. That might be RPM. I can't remember. It's 2017. He's probably an RPM then. Uh, Tyler Reddick has not been very good here, has struggled here. We'll see, though. Dirt track narrative. Uh, he's been really good, but it's kind of interesting, though. He and Kyle Larson just can't put this track together. Hmm. Uh, Briscoe has not been good here. Did What did Briscoe do with this track in the Xfinity series? I want to think he won one of these. Maybe not, though. No, I, I doubt it. He always—he was always more of an intermediate track guy. Struggle with the short flat tracks. Struggle with the short tracks in general. So I don't. What's, why do the dirt guys suck at this track? I don't know. Can't explain it. All right, running through. Suarez did not run. I don't know. We're getting a little deep in the weeds. Like I said, William Byron had that good race in the spring, but has struggled at this track. I just can't quite figure it out. And the rest of these guys, I don't know. Nothing worth mentioning. We'll see how that goes in practice. Probably, I mean, as I would look at like Eric Jones, a Custer, Stenhouse, Busher, Haley, McDowell, these guys at the bottom, I'm going to look more at current form, obviously, and I'm going to look at the pit crews, the pit crews, the pit crews, look at the practice data. But that gives you an idea. So gun to my head, who do I think is going to be someone to watch out for? This is tough. This really is tough. I, I believe that they were all really close speed-wise. And most of these guys have looked good at points this season, not consistently good this season. If I had to pick right now, early, I just 
Well, from a fantasy points perspective, I'm just going to go with Denny Hamlin. Now, from the race winner perspective, I think you want to go with Martin Truex Jr. Considering he's won three out of the last five, he's got a top five in each of the last six. Martin Truex Jr. and that's with several different crew chiefs seems to be Hamlin's pretty good too. You got to go Truex Hamlin. I'm intrigued by Bell. I mean, look, two top fives. I don't believe Bell's done anything like that at any track this into his career. I mean, two top fives at Richmond last season. As I mentioned, one, two, three. Do I need to get the dust jacket out again? Three wins at Richmond in the Xfinity Series. Pretty good. Pretty strong. Pretty comfortable at this track. JGR, pretty strong at this track. Kyle Busch, again, was going to win that race if it wasn't for the shenanigans that occurred. I believe he got in a wreck here. He did get in a wreck in the spring race and still bounced back. Bounce backs, bounces back and finishes eighth. I gotta go with a JGR driver. It's gonna be Truex and then Hamlin, and then I'll take Bush. Bell, if we can get a value, I don't believe he's gonna be a value. Logano, can't write him off. He's gonna have the short run speed. Long run, Martin Trix Jr., short run, Joey Logano. If I can get Hamlin in there as well, I like it. And, you know, I'm fine not getting to Elliott. He hasn't been as strong. As these other guys, he's been fine. He's been good, but I'll go with the other guys. Thanks for joining me. Please, please, please consider going to raceforthepries.com. That's where you can get access to the fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet and my notes and all the information that I work on and creating tools and resources and all the things that Brandon works on. And you just click on this red button here. That'll take you to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. If you pay now, you're going to end up paying on April 1st, but please consider bookmark the page, like this stuff, subscribe, share, and consider being a supporter it's there's no lifetime commitment but it makes it easier like i've said before and the pitch is this simply what we are doing is we're cooking your dinner for you we are mcdonald's we're better than mcdonald's we're a fancy restaurant you can make a cheeseburger or you can make a pizza but you don't want to go through all the hassle and all the work of doing that i'll do it for you i will collect the data I'll read all the different news articles and pick out what's important and what you need to know. Put those into projections or just put notes out there for you to look at. Put the lap-by-lap data. I don't think people realize how much time has to go in. Well, some of you do. That's why you have signed up. Getting all this data into spreadsheets, it's time-consuming. To get it cleaned up, a lot of people can get data, and but they don't know how to make it to present it to people. They, and even if they do, like, oh, I, I, they, I mean, they could just rip off my style. But to do my style, it takes a lot of time and effort. And I've seen people try to do that and try to try to compete with me for the last 10 years. No exaggeration, 10 years. And they just fade away or just steal stuff from me. So, look, make your own cheeseburgers. But at some point you realize, like, why am I doing that? If this guy's just, why not just show appreciation for this guy? Let him do it for me, and then I can just watch the races, and I can build lineups, and I can have fun and get pure enjoyment out of this, as opposed to, all right, it's Sunday night, time to work on the spreadsheets. Uh, it's Monday morning, time to get so It's Friday afternoon, got to make sure that I don't have a life, and then I'm scraping the data. Oh, great, it's Saturday morning, got more practices. I got an F1 practice today, and then at 2 o'clock, I got a truck practice, and I got to make sure that I input the data into the qualifying sheet. Do you want to do that? I don't want to do that, but I'm poor. (laughs) If I had a little bit more money, I'd say peace. 
but I don't have a little bit more money. And so here I am still trying to sell to you. And I hope that you are considering going to patreon.com slash brain increase DFS. Check out the podcast everywhere. YouTube, like, subscribe, share, leave comments. I respond to all the comments, even the negative hurtful ones. But they don't anger me that much because this is pretty pretty good. Uh, how to un-F your anger. Um, life works in Ahen. I won't bother you with it, but it's worth looking at. It's a real quick read. Helps you understand like where the the human emotional circuitry that causes anger, life morts. What am I going to tell you? Life morts. So when your life is threatened for L, when you are insulted, I. Those are things that cause anger, right? Life morts. It's an acronym. L, life or limb. You get angry when you could get hurt. You could die. You get angry when your I insulted. You get angry, F, for life morts. If someone is threatening your family. E, environment. You get angry if something threatens your environment. M, your mate. If something threatens your mate, you get angry. Your 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 uh, what? Sympathetic nerve system. Your your uh, you know whatever. Your your caveman mind is is triggered. Uh, M, mate. O, order. Social order, rules, and regulations. If those are broken or violated, and something is not going the way that's supposed to be based on the systems, you get angry. That's my. That's one of my big triggers in life. Morts is that if there's not right or if there's not fairness, if things are not working the way that they're supposed to work, if someone's not doing what they're supposed to do, someone's not holding up their end of the bargain. That's usually my trigger. Uh, R, life morts. Uh, resources. If someone is threatening your resources, you get angry. T. Tribe. If someone threatens your tribe or your organization, or your group, you get angry. And then S for stopped. If you're stopped, if you're frozen, if you're you're limited in your mobility, if your independence is taken away, if you're prevented from doing something that you need to do, you get angry. So that's life morts. And then ahen. So anger, a h e n ahen, like ahem ahen a h e n. Anger comes from being hurt because. Anger from being hurt, like if you actually are hurt, physically hurt, or mentally hurt, you will get angry. Or E, from someone doesn't meet their expectations. If you expected something and it did not happen, that causes you to be hurt. That causes anger. And then N, your needs are not met. So anger comes from being physically hurt, or anger comes from expectations not being met, or anger comes from needs not being met. You get angry because you needed something, something had to be done, and it wasn't done. So life more, it's on. Hey, you learned something here. RaceForThePrize.com. Uh, there's a lot more stuff to learn at RaceForThePrize.com. Uh, you can go to my blog, Constraint Vision, and find more of those little lectures of net lessons. I think it could help you. It really does. You check out that book, help you. It's not like I'm a rate. Actually, I mean, you probably see like, yeah, this guy might have a little bit of anger issues. It's kind of crazy and wild on the screen, but it is really helpful. Now, here's another real quick note. Uh, emotions only last 90 seconds. Emotions only last 90 seconds. So anger only lasts for 90 seconds. So after 90 seconds, you shouldn't be angry anymore, but you still are. The emotion is gone. The, the thought, the creation in your brain that spawned all it, it's gone. But after 90 seconds, then you are holding on to it. And then you are making something of it. And then you are making it worse by thinking about it or doing whatever it is you do with it. And then, it, you know, that's how it spirals out of control. But emotions as a pure like circuitry element, it's 90 seconds and it's gone. And after that, you get through it, you accept it, you're going to be fine. 
Then there's some stuff, obviously, you got to think about and hang on to and work on, and there's real problems that need to be solved. But a lot of times you get angry about something, and then you're mad about it all day, and it ruins your day, and it really wasn't anything big at all. And it was just, should have just been in your brain for 90 seconds based on your biology. That was That's how your brain was created to do, but through evolution, we got all these other problems that we've created but anyway. So when you think of it that way, anger should only last about 90 seconds, and you can move on. Uh, keep that in your mind, and don't let, like, something ruin your day because you know an expectation was not met or uh, you know any of those life morts things happen and you get angry well you kind of just accept it you notice it you deal with it and if it's something you need to change work on you deal with it and you change it but a lot of times it's not you know like someone cuts you off in traffic 90 seconds all right yeah i mean that's a perfect example someone cuts you off in traffic I guess that would be order, right? Things are not working the way they're supposed to. Okay, you can be angry for 90 seconds. But after that 90 seconds, you need to let that go. Because there's no reason. There's nothing that you can do. There's no action that you can take. It's not like, you know, someone stat, like someone punched you in the nose. Like, yeah, there's probably an action that you could take. Like, hey, maybe you need to not be around that person. Or there's something you need to think about that. You are angry for a reason. And there's actions you need to take. If someone cuts you off, you can be angry for 90 seconds. But then you got to let it go. But sometimes you don't let it go and you let it build up and then you're angry for the rest of the day and you do, you interact with other people poorly. You treat other people poorly because you're in a bad mood because you're angry and it was really because you just get cut off. And if you just let the 90 seconds happen, you accept it, you move on and then your day's good. So there's sometimes you just accept it. You see the anger. It's okay to feel the anger. You let it happen. Yeah, I'm stuff. You embrace it. And then, all right, now I'm going to move on with the rest of my day. All right. So next we will do a meditation lesson <laughs> i gotta go to work oh, that's interesting yeah right this was not supposed to go that long now I'm, I'm on the clock here in a couple minutes thanks for joining me i pierce dietrich will be the most viewed fantasy nascar analyst fantasy racing analyst i pierce dietrich will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst I, analyst yeah I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. Let's trip the lights fantastic.